this is about you. The infinite you. The part of you that can't be seen, can't be smelled, touched, or tasted. But you know you feel it. Who you really are. In a world lost to confusion, a universe that's partly illusion, when we look for meaning, we often simply find more delusion. Ground your consciousness in the sounds of the universe, a podcast about your true omnipotence. There's a universe inside each of us, but our beliefs keep us constrained to the edges of what we can imagine. The Innerverse Podcast is your portal to that infinite realm of ideas. I'm Chance Garden, and I'll be your host as we serve up inspirational sound waves from the brightest minds with the highest vibes. And we keep searching for the empowering perspectives we need to create our greatest masterpiece of all, our lives. Welcome to the One Within All, and thanks for returning to the Innerverse podcast for another inspiring introspection into the intergalactic imagination that is the source of our infinite cosmos. I'm Chance, and as always, I'm massively happy to be mind-melding with you today as we take a look at more methods and modalities for moderating our mental states and elevating our hearts to greater awareness of the love we're always immersed in. As we often discuss here on the show, our power to be the shamanistic bridge between the spiritual plane of ideas and the physical world of things is a skill we must consciously choose to develop if we want to evolve past our stanky old stagnant ego stuff and into our magical love master higher selves. We open up this ability to see beyond the material by finding tools and techniques that reveal our inner wisdom to ourselves. And while some paths up Truth Mountain can get you moving like you're on a superhighway, eventually even the best tricks of the trade need to be retrained or reframed from as we move into higher states of being. The best metaphor is that you may compare any spiritual practice that advances you in the sea of consciousness to being like a boat or a vessel. It may be good for a long journey, but eventually you reach new shores. And in order to explore further, you got to ditch the old vehicle and start building something new. Returning to Innerverse to pass us some knowledge about useful traditions is the priestess from Polaris and healer of hearts, Madeline Elizabeth. When she came on the show last year, we had an epic soul synchronization conversation about her own waking up journey, chock full of great ideas for cultivating one's own latent psychic abilities, the intelligence of our bodies, and how intuition can guide our personal healing journey. Madeline's connection to Mayan wisdom traditions and astrology and writing a new myth for our lives by finding the underlying choices about what reality is and shifting the dial from crippling beliefs to empowered knowing. All of that was in our last conversation and more. 
And this time, we're going to be going into more depth on the truly amazing capacities of cacao as a plant medicine and its ceremonial use to bring us into heart-centered perspective, diving into, from there, an examination of conscious and spiritually aware relationships, helping us to learn to give and receive in greater balance. You can check the show notes for links to Madeline's last appearance on Interverse, her website at MadelineElizabeth.com, and the link you'll need to subscribe to Interverse Plus to gain access to the second hour of this podcast. Become a Plus member on Patreon, and you'll get to plunder a plethora of positivity-producing podcast episodes in the Plus archive that include all of the full two-hour conversations we have here each week. So if you like the show and you want to get twice as much out of it, Subscribe to Plus on patreon.com forward slash interverse, and you'll not only have my eternal gratitude for helping me make this show, but also the full package of inspirational infotainment that Interverse offers. And this episode's Plus Extension looks to be pretty special because Madeline will be analyzing my birth chart under the Soul Blueprint Galactic Signature System that she uses for her clients. So if you're curious about galactic astrology, or what parts of the Infinity Fractal are making me tick on a daily basis. This would be a great episode to subscribe for. But now it's time to get down to blissness with this beautiful light bringer, love-blasting healer, and superb songwriter we've got on deck. And to kick things off, she'll be taking us through a brief grounding meditation, which is always pretty much my favorite way to start a show. I'm so glad we're connecting here again on the airwaves and hugely grateful you're here. So, Madeline, my friend, welcome to the Interverse. Thank you, Chance, for that beautiful introduction. I'm super full of gratitude um, to be here with you again. And it's so beautiful how the universe continues to align our paths and just syncing up in the energy together when it's time to co-create again. And I'm really excited to bring forth um, these things that are emerging for us all right now and talk about love and I love love. So I, uh, I definitely would love to kick us off with a grounding meditation to come into our heart space. So just begin to close your eyes and become aware of your breath and come into your heart space. Bring your awareness there and call forth all parts of yourself from all timelines, all dimensions, all energy bodies right here in this moment in places you've left pieces of yourself, projected yourself into the past or the future and just sense your heart beating in your chest. And then see if you can extend that heartbeat and feel it in your entire body. And then see a light above your head that's golden, iridescent, colored, like a light beam coming down through your crown, behind your eyes, down your throat and into your heart space, activating the truth of who you are, this love. 
And then send that light beam down into your belly, through your hips and your legs, your feet. And just see this beam like two feet around your body, just going deep down into the core of Mother Earth, connecting with this crystalline core. And just wrap that beam around the core of the mother and sit there for a moment and just feel how supported we are on this earth journey. Feel her nurturing energy and the unlimited abundance that's available for us. And then bring that energy back up through your feet and your legs, your hips, your belly, and bring that earth energy into your heart space, connecting above and below within. And then send that energy around your body in a golden bubble of light. And come back into your heart beating in your chest and just see this energy of love radiating around you and filling up the room that you're in, the house that you're in, the building you're in, the city you're in, stretching further out, covering the state you're in. With each heartbeat, see it growing bigger and covering our entire country with this energy and love from your heart and see it stretch further out covering our continents and our entire planet and just see the heartbeat of the earth connecting with your heartbeat as one feel that deep connection with all things in wholeness, in unity. And just begin to feel the earth beneath you or the chair that you're sitting in. Just bring your awareness back into your body. Wiggle your fingers and your toes. And when you feel complete, open your eyes and move your body around however you feel you need to. I also want to invite all of our master teachers, guides, angels, the seen and unseen beings that are here to support us. Invite them to this conversation. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard. I ask for open hearts and open minds to these transmissions that desire to emerge between us. So be it, so it is. Aho. Thank you for that. It was just as good as last time. (laughs) What I thought was cool was that when I started paying attention to my heartbeat, I noticed that it slowed down pretty much right away. And Mm -hmm. as we progressed, all the little jerks and twitches of my body 
just kind of calms down to about 10%. <laughs> mm. Thank you for that. Always a great way to link our intentions with that of our greater intentions for life, which come to us in the form of these guides and angels that you're talking about. So yeah, once again, get, as Ross Ben, I guess from last week said many times, and it's now become like my thing, give thanks, just give thanks. It's a great word. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. So Madeline, before we talk about anything that we maybe plan to talk about, what, what is on your mind in this moment to share with us? Mm. there is a major recalibration of the earth happening right now and that is reflected in our own individual realities and there's something that happens with this recalibration where as things are going in a certain way and then let's say all of a sudden start going clockwise, there's this detox of sorts that happens that um, brings up the stuff to be transmuted. And and it's also bringing up things that um, are empowering be within ourselves gifts that we're unlocking clarity within our relationships within the work we're doing in the world and where we're giving our energy and when this chaos between the energies is stirring up this is where we can imprint the memory into the field into our realities within those contrasts within those contrasts it's like this zero point energy field where there is all potentialities all possibilities for creation and that's what is happening right now so just know that the chaos that maybe is happening now or is going to happen that has not yet happened, know that it's what has to happen to unlock these new energies that are so deeply needed on the earth right now and deeply needed within your being to bring forth into the world. Yeah, I'm definitely experiencing what you're talking about. It just seems like this weird spat of seemingly coincidental, but of course, nothing is coincidence. But in my personal life and in lives of people I know, a lot of people have just suddenly left their bodies for the last time or went from very ill to critically life-threatening ill. And uh, it's not something that really bums me out. I see it as part of the natural part of the cycle. And a lot of those that I'm witnessing in the transition from life to afterlife seem to be people that simply didn't want really what the new life would have to look like if they were going to have it. 
that that is the changes that would have to occur for them to continue living because of the health problems they'd incurred. To some people, it appears that life isn't worth living without, you know, those cookies, even though you may be a diabetic or something along those lines. My question is to you is kind of more of a personal question. I'm wondering this about myself, actually. So it's kind of deeply personal. But I've experienced my own uh, grandfather and grandmother, both within the last year, passing away, for lack of a better phrase. I definitely don't really, not that I'm like ignoring the concept, but I don't really like the word death. I think it's not exactly accurate. <laughs> My question is do you think that it could be seen as like spiritual bypassing? Should I be concerned about spiritually bypassing the grief of losing close loved ones? Because I actually feel constant, authentic joy, even in the midst of a funeral. And, you know, it's often said there's like a fine line between sage and psychopath. But I, I don't feel psychopathic. I don't feel sad, though, when people die. So is that spiritual bypassing to you? No, I what what's coming in um, is just a deep reflection of my own processing around this, because um, my my mother um, just passed away about five weeks ago. And my father passed away when I was 21, so 10 years ago. And so I can examine the difference between my processing abilities when I was unawakened at 21 and when I'm consciously awake now. And so I know that through my own process with my mother, you know, I felt a deep relief that she wasn't suffering anymore. And but I also saw um, what you were talking about that people, you know, they people really are at a choice point right now. That's another thing that's been really strong in the field is that we're at a choice point. <laughs> and I think that some people, you know, aren't consciously choosing to leave the planet, but unconsciously they are. Their higher selves like know that they're not ready to yet make that transition into unity consciousness or, you know, whether that's in general or just within themselves, which right always reflects in the outer world. But I feel like it's important, deeply important to honor when sadness arises and when grief arises to allow ourselves to sink into our heart and to feel it without these coping mechanisms of like maybe staying busy or using substances or, you know, different things to not necessarily feel it. And what I've noticed is that uh, the more aware we are, the higher our, vib our vibration is, we tend to have less things to unwind within our energetic field, which would then cause more suffering for ourselves or let's say more coping mechanisms. So I feel like there's a, a level where we acquire these tools of sorts within our, you know, our processing system, um, like a computer, let's say downloading a new program that's going to make the computer run more quickly. Right. So my processing time of my mother passing versus my father passing has been very different. 
and, you know, just checking in and like, yes, am I, am I spiritually bypassing? No, because when I, when I get sad, I let myself cry. And when I want to talk about it, I talk about it and there's nothing bypassing about that. But I think that it's okay to be okay with death. It's okay to be okay with that knowing that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It only changes form. And knowing that also a lot of these people that are leaving the planet right now. I mean, I was having dreams for months. Spirit was showing me all these souls that were going to leave the planet because their their physical bodies can't actually integrate the energy, the the light, the, the amount of pure light that's coming to the earth right now from the galactic sun. Like they can't actually integrate it into their bodies physically. Their whole shit system would collapse. And so... So they're choosing to leave. But what's beautiful about it is that a lot of these people that are choosing to leave right now are immediately coming back in, you know, baby form with all the skills, all the things that they've learned throughout this lifetime to immediately come back and like do this again. And then it's beautiful because then they're being born into this new earth energy where their template within their body will actually be prepared to operate in this new energy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you get to a certain point with the body and it's a huge battle to get that thing back into right shape. I mean, just to continue using my grandpa as an example, he was always a guy that liked to do stuff and he was always really sociable. Not being able to be in his hobbies anymore, his creative flow, which for him was building cars. He was amazing at it. That was hard. I can understand maybe that on a soul level, it made a lot more sense to him rather than fight things out in a hospital for months or years, then just go home and come back soon. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. I honestly am. If I, I'm with you, if I feel like I'm going to cry, I don't try to choke that away or stop it, you know, but it's mostly like exciting to watch this acceleration because continuing to use my own family as an example, being around a lot of them over this time of mourning and celebration of life has been pretty inspiring because more and more of my direct family members are actually open to the type of messages that I'm constantly regurgitating for my guests here on the show, including stuff about health and nutrition, big time stuff about health and nutrition. And so I'm seeing people making or on the verge of making radically healthier choices to accept the higher light that you're talking about that's coming in. So yeah, there's a lot to be grateful about today. Yeah, it is really beautiful to watch it, to know that as the planet recalibrates, you know, everybody's feeling the energy, whether they're consciously aware of what's happening or not, and they're going to feel those, those internal shifts um, to move towards a different way of being because the old way of doing things doesn't work anymore. And so, you know, some people may integrate those changes more quickly and be more open to what we have to share because they're ready. And some people may be more resistant. And then when another wave comes in, it, you know, it'll be different for them. They'll feel more like, you know, their boat's sinking versus like someone who was like, 
integrating as the changes were coming in and, you know, everybody's on their own journey and it's so beautiful and perfect. But I can say also my family during that time, super receptive to what I have to say, all in a heart open space, all in it together. And it is really beautiful that, that such beautiful things can come out of times, um, which may be seemingly more sad the deeper connections that we can actually create with each other as like the human beings that we are too. So what I kind of want to talk about, if you don't mind giving us a bit of like an overview of your knowledge of cacao and the ceremonial use of it, and maybe some of the known benefits and maybe your own experiential benefits. I'd really like to talk about this in depth because what I'm feeling internally right now, as we're talking about families, this could be a very useful plant medicine tool that I could actually take to my own family because I could see at least some family members having some cacao with me if we're all getting together for Christmas or my birthday is coming up. You know, maybe I could have cacao on my birthday, something like that, just not to sneak something into them that's like a psychedelic plant medicine, although it is psychedelic in a non distorting of your perceptions way, but in a clarifying of your perceptions way, which is the true meaning of the word psychedelic. So just to get me warmed up with information to share with my own family members before I start trying to pull this cacao thing on them. Can you tell us a lot about it? Yeah, for sure. This is like one of my favorite subjects. One of my biggest passions, chocolate. Uh, Chocolate. Well, in tribal societies, Taking cacao, this raw form of chocolate, they would drink it together to gather into these meetings that they needed to have a heart open space to have conversations. So I want to start out with saying that it's a powerful heart opener. When we drink cacao, it increases our heart rate by 33%. And that is when you're drinking a ceremonial dosage, you know, it's very different when you're, you know, taking more of a social dosage or even a meditation dosage. So um, the, the Mayans and the Aztecs would use this medicine within their tribes for these reasons. But what's beautiful about it is on a, spiritual level, it attunes your heart, which is everything, to the frequency of nature. And it brings light into the density of the heart space that we have created through trust issues and relationships or traumas we've experienced walls we put up around our heart when we choose to close our heart off to other people even when we choose to be giving all the time and we're not in a space of receiving we don't allow ourselves to receive love or to receive from other people and so what it can do spiritually, energetically, is remove those blockages from the heart space. And when you think about the the energetic wheel of the heart chakra, it's about 
loving relationships with ourselves and loving relationships with others. So, so let's talk about ourselves first. We can't possibly love others any more than what we can love ourselves. And so even working with that, working with self-love, um, when taken with intention, you know, really examining, that's what's powerful about a cacao ceremony, which would taken in, with intention, like let's say I just had a death in my family and my heart's hurting. And I really would like to bring some light into those areas that feel really dense right now or painful. And I want it to comfort me or, you know, you can set your intention with the plant and the spirit of the plant works with you. And it brings in all kinds of messages if you're quiet enough to listen, uh, because it is a quiet medicine. It's not, it's just as powerful as like peyote or ayahuasca, but you don't have that, kind of hallucinogenic effect with it. It doesn't push you through the door, but it brings you to the door and it will take you as far as you're willing to go with it. And so at a spiritual level, that's really beautiful about the ceremony. And also know that there's a difference between ceremonial grade cacao and, and just regular cacao that you can get at a store so this is also something that you can share with your family is that, you know, ceremonial cacao, the energy that's maintained in this fruit is pure. The ceremonial cacao has only ever been touched by human hands to be processed. It's not processed in these machines that are uh, powered with electricity. It's literally humans that have Picked the, picked the fruit, fermented the beans, hand roasted the beans, hand shelled the beans, hand milled the beans into a paste, which then eventually gets turned into this frothy, beautiful drink. And I deeply appreciate ceremonial cacao because I did my initiation in Mexico and my teachers made me go through those processes of hand roasting and hand shelling and hand milling so that I would deeply appreciate the value and the energy that's in ceremonial grade cacao. So that's a tip. I feel like there's just so much more magic in it uh, because the energy of it is pure. And uh, on a scientific level, you know, you can see it as when you drink cacao and your heart rate increases, you're expanding the electromagnetic field of your heart. So you'll definitely feel, you know, you'll feel this kind of quantum expansion. You'll feel the actual physical increase of your heart rate, which means people naturally feel more energy happening in their heart. But it's also really good for the heart because of those things. So it, it can help with high blood pressure. It can help with all of these different, more physical diseases. So disease within the mind, disease within the heart, disease within the body. It can really help uh, with ease of the heart system. And what I have found to be true is that it really helps give strength. Uh, 
in tribal times, they would actually give these warriors that are getting ready to go into the battlefield, they would give them a cacao bean to put inside of their lip that would give them strength all day while they were in battle. And so you can actually feel a tangible difference in, in the strength in your body. And, you know, when you think about strengthening your heart, you're really strengthening your whole system. You know, what would we have without our heart beating in our chest? And it's also beautifully an aphrodisiac. So this is why traditionally around Valentine's Day, everybody gets their lover's chocolate. And there's a a much deeper thing with that. You know, not only does it open our heart towards each other and help, you know, shift some energy, but it's also really great to awaken these blissful chemicals within the body that kind of, you know, put you in the mood for love and connection and physicality. And so those are some kind of basic stuff that, you know, that I'm feeling led to share that you can share with others. But what another kind of interesting fact that I want to say is that cacao when you translate it into its Greek um, translation of this theobroma, it translates to food of the gods. And there's these, you know, these legends that cacao is not from earth and that it was brought here and it was given to the elite. And so back in the day, only royalty, only people in government systems, only these magical artists and people, you know, were given cacao. So it was really kind of a prized possession. And at some point you could actually use cacao beans as money, as a form of currency because it was so desired. And so um, I love to say that like back then money did really like grow on trees, (laughs) but also like, other parts of the cacao, you know, they, they were given for physical ailments. You know, if you had just kind of a burdened heart, they would prescribe you cacao or even using the cacao flowers for different physical aspects that needed shifting of the energy. And so there's really many beautiful qualities of the medicine itself and how I choose to bring that forth in the world primarily is in group ceremonies um, and then also private one-on-one sessions with couples that are feeling the need to deeply shift some energy within their relationships to bring in more connection and bring in more clarity and bring in more strength for their partnership. Yeah, it never hurts to get more strength. That's for sure. I'm curious. I have a couple of questions and I'm really grateful that you broke that down for us like you did because it seems like you say, or like the ancients would say that sounds like it's definitely a food of the gods. It makes you feel love. And that's what the ultimate description of God has always been is love. So wonderful. I was curious if you are aware of any genetic evidence that it might have evolved somewhere else. Has anyone ever tried to study that? Because I think there are certain plants in Sumerian mythology, for example, certain plants were said to have been given by the gods. And then researchers have gone and looked at those plants 
and found that there didn't appear to be any place that it grew naturally that they then cultivated it, but that it just started out already in a domesticated form, so to speak. I was wondering, do you know about that with cacao? I don't know about that, but there is these interesting legends about it's like different creation stories and how there there's this legend that humans are also like partially cacao. And it's been really beautiful to work with the cacao and build a relationship with the spirit of the plant, the messages that have come through and the connection between blood and cacao and knowing like when you think about it when a woman is on her moon time each month she craves chocolate and there's a deep reason for that women that are listening you need to just give in and eat as much chocolate as you want to during that time because it's so needed in your physical body in your womb space so i just want to put that out there but uh, go for like the dark, dark stuff, right? Like don't do the Hershey's, no Hershey's kisses. No, don't be going for the Hershey's kisses. The best, I would say, I don't normally eat anything below like 70%. There's t- typically just tends to be a lot more sugar and a lot more processing. And so if you can eat like at least 70% and above, you actually get the health benefits from the dark chocolate. And there really is so many health benefits. There's like, I want to say over, over 300 chemical compounds in it that they're even aware of that's doing incredible stuff for the body. I mean, it's really just an amazing superfood, but I want to get back to that connection um, with the chocolate and the blood and understanding like the spirit has just brought through significant um, messages to me that there is, there is some sort of deep connection within our physicality and blood and chocolate and, and how valuable both of them are here on the earth and actually like really designed to be here with the humans, this beautiful medicine. There are many medicines that appear to be for us or plants that I've even heard that plants can tend to grow and congregate around a village whenever that village is having a particular spat of a certain problem and only a few local plants might be the cure for that. But the plants that are needed tend to show up. And I totally believe that because we're always getting exactly what we need showing up. As soon as we pay attention, we'll notice it. One question I had on the cacao ceremonial cacao versus you know, just your standard dark chocolate bar, which I I love. <laughs> I'm with you on 70% above, 88% is even good. There's just like that richness to it. It's really amazing. It makes you feel so happy after you eat it. But ceremonial cacao, say I was to actually get my hands on some of that, would I want to be cautious about the amount that I served to someone if they potentially had a heart condition, if they were an older person that their heart has been diagnosed to be weaker or have a, like arrhythmia problems with uh, you know too fast of a heart rate. I definitely would say that doing a full ceremonial dosage wouldn't be appropriate for that person, which 
is typically 28 grams to like 56 grams. Um, but like, let's say a social dosage of, of like 15 grams or 22 grams, even as more towards the meditative would probably be okay. I do have to caution that a ceremonial dosage, which I usually use 33 grams. That's the number that spirit brought to me. You know, if anybody is on any sort of antidepressants or antipsychotics or pregnant or nursing really only needs to drink half of that. So like the 15 grams, um, just the way it can interact with the medicine and also, also not just physically interact with the other chemicals, but also the fact that like certain pharmaceuticals are actually numbing out different parts of us being able to feel and process different things in our life that's actually manifesting into form as, you know, anxiety or, or these other things. And so if, if the person isn't ready to integrate the things that are actually causing the problems, which is needing, you know, needing them to be on the pharmaceuticals to begin with, they're really not that ready to, go full on with a ceremonial cacao dosage. Like it can actually kind of send them over the edge by feeling a little too much too quickly where you might have like a psychotic episode of somebody kind of happening at a, in a ceremony and just, you know, not wanting to be responsible for that. <laughs> yeah. You definitely wouldn't want to go into that unprepared. Although I'm sure if that ever did happen and it was your ceremony, that you'd be the right person to balance that situation. <laughs> and it'd be a lesson to learn for everybody there, for sure, I would, I would bet, about just what damage can be done to ourselves when we really bottle stuff up and ignore how we feel. And I think that's a great transition to see what message Spirit has for you to share with us regarding relationships, because we are right smack dab in the middle of February. And this idea that being untrue to our feelings or even suppressing our feelings does harm to us, but it actually does even more harm to the people around us, even if we don't realize it. We might even think we're sparing other people from trouble by being completely uh, repressed and cold and emotionless with our feelings. It, uh, or, you know, we allow everybody, we give everybody else allowances that we often don't give ourselves. And by no means do we need to like, create pity parties for ourselves, or cry on others' shoulders constantly to the point of hassling them. But definitely, I think that's a, the point that's coming to mind for me is being open with our feelings in every moment to ourselves. And then if we're in a conscious partnership or relationship, I feel like the door has to be open for those feelings to always be freely shared, even beyond what you might share with, you know, people you saw at the grocery store. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll just kind of give a little background for my own uh, story and relationships super fast. I was divorced twice by the age of 30. <laughs> really just evolving at my highest rate possible. And with that comes the losing of things that are out of resonance with the direction that you're going. So I want to say that to start off is that I've had two 
marriages where I was all in and reading all the books and trying all these different tricks and going to marriage retreats and all these different things. And, and what I want to preface this with is that when I'm talking about these conscious relationships, this can be any relationships that you're in business relationships, parents, siblings, friends, that really the concepts that I'm going to be bringing forth and talking about really stretch upon all of those bases. So um, what I've noticed through my own experience is that, you know, we tend to attract who we are. And so if we have some deep inner wounding, we're going to attract somebody that is going to mirror that. And so in conscious relationships, if both are on board with accepting that that's how reality works, that we mirror each other, because I can tell you the experience I had in my last marriage was not that he didn't have an understanding of how reality works and that we're mirroring things and, and we're actually here to help heal each other. We're here to uh, trigger these things within that are out of alignment with the truth of who we are. And so I, I have to say that if you're in a romantic relationship where you understand how reality works, you understand and you get in that cycle, like I did so many times of, well, what's he trying to mirror to me? Well, what is this saying about myself? And just going spiraling over and over and over. But yet he wasn't willing to take responsibility for his own projection within that, that uh, relationship. It, it's, it's not going to work out if that's the path that you choose. If you're choosing the path of consciousness, if you're choosing the path of, of really deep healing within relationships. And so, yeah, being able to, express your feelings and also having a safe container where that person is not only allowing you to express your feelings and, and holding space for that, but like, isn't trying to fix it. And maybe when some, you know, shadow qualities come up that they're not going to run away that they're willing to stay in that space with you. And these are all just simple little things about having a container for a conscious relationship, being willing to truly communicate when you can tell that there's something that's up and you're not feeling, you know, this connection and you can tell that there's something wrong, you know, being willing to share, but also like being with someone who can also reflect that back to you, that vulnerability and that, that intimacy, that into me, I see that I feel like is just some deep foundational things within having a conscious relationship. And it's not, it's not what we've been programmed to believe. We've been programmed to believe these, these fairy tale experiences about love and, and programmed that you, you graduate and you go to college and you find a mate and you get married and you buy the house and you have the kids. And, and, you know, it's like 
times are changing. Like those old programs are not relevant and people are waking up to that. And, but also like that external reality of that program is mirroring something so much deeper within our DNA that sometimes it's, it's going to that DNA level that we have to shift of ancestral wounding and patterns within relationships. Um, and just knowing that how we, how we've been programmed to operate within a relationship, like, well, if he truly loved me, then he would be doing this and he would be pursuing me and he would be doing, you know, whatever, or like those kinds of old paradigm concepts are not going to work if you're really deeply desiring to attract someone who is, who is living at more of a fifth dimensional playground. (laughs) We have to completely change the way that we operate within relationships with the new earth energy that's here, or we'll just continue to create these same old patterns within our relationships. I can affirm all that you're saying in the relationship realm. The movies give us this idea that you need some grand romantic gesture, the jukebox over the head at night in the rain outside your window or whatever. And then that needs to be somehow in rhythm with drama and a constant need for there to be a problem. I find that the definition of unconscious relationships is pretty much the exact opposite of what you're describing in that instead of using what comes up and the mirror that we each are for one another to see what needs to be changed and what's for the greatest good to change instead. And this is big in families. And this is a big thing that families do with each other. People will take turns in the relationship group, having big dramatic problems that give everybody else something to focus on and talk about and gossip about with each other. And a great way to ignore doing any work on themselves. And this sounds like kind of a judgment thing. I'm not thinking of anyone specific that I want to say is locked into that pattern permanently. I think I've been in that pattern in my life many times, especially with my extended family. But I'm curious, since we're now bridging into family, not just uh, intimate one-on-one partnerships, how does ancestral wounding come into play? Like in your practice or experience with helping others, is figuring out ancestral trauma, something that actually helps a person come to terms with something right now? How do you even come across the ancestral trauma? Is this just what you might know about stories you've heard like grandparents talk about or things that you know that were bad that happened to your parents? Or are you referring to way further back stuff or is it a mix? Yeah, I think that it can be a mixture of all of that. And I think like just even understanding that like, our <laughs> our grandmothers on our mother's side they actually are the ones who already genetically programmed us whenever they were pregnant with our moms right because when our grandmothers were pregnant with our mothers uh 
female fetuses in the womb already have their eggs developed. And so all of the emotions and ways of handling things and processing and in the environment that they're in and the way that their partner was treating them and how they were processing everything and events that happened while they were pregnant during this gestation process has already been programmed into the granddaughter of that woman. Okay, so that in and of itself is huge. When I think about my grandmother getting pregnant with my mom in 1964, where was the consciousness of the planet during that time? Where, what are the consciousness of my grandparents? How were they handling stuff in their lives? Where, how were they programmed by their parents? You know, maybe during these times of war, whatever, that all of that just logically that we can look at is being carried into our DNA. And so when those things come into our awareness and we really can just be exposed to the information, that's in one way logical. I know for me, it was revealed to me that, you know, I had to do some work within my own DNA from the time that my mother was pregnant with me because, you know, my father was abusive and was gone a lot. And there was a lot of fear. She was in a state of fear when she was pregnant with me. And so, you know, I wound up having severe food allergies my whole life, like so bad that I couldn't even, I couldn't eat like so much stuff. I had to carry an EpiPen around with me. And it wasn't until I started working at my cellular DNA level to release these, these like fear programs that were embedded into my DNA structure. I can eat whatever I want now. That's a miracle. We have way more, way more dominion over our DNA than what people think, what than what science can even prove. And, you know, so it can be a combination of just the knowledge, but also really just sinking into your intuition and asking and, 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 you know, seeing what is revealed whenever, you know, let's say you get into a meditative state and you get really clear and centered and you ask, like, you know, just tuning into if there's any interferences within the body or interferences within relationships, examining my mother's relationship patterns and how she's passed those patterns on to me of codependency and things like that. Like we can go into observance of our own system and what we struggle with and ask, where is this coming from? Is this something that has been programmed into me just from society stuff? Or is this stuff I'm actually carrying from my ancestors? I think that's so interesting that you bring up the fact that we're actually in our grandmothers (laughs) and that when our mother is a fetus, that she's already got us as an egg in there. It's super interesting. As I understand many native traditions, they even see the earth itself as the greatest of all the great grandmothers, the original grandmother. And I'm just reflecting too on how close the bond I have with my maternal grandmother has always been. And it's fascinating to me because what I know about even her grandmother and the way that she talks about her grandmother on the mother's side again it's this really strong unbroken chain that only a few generations back, at least for my family line, evolved legitimate, real 
healers and mystic medicine women in my family line of the of the Native American tribes. So it's cool to me to see how aspects of that have carried through, even through the low consciousness times of like, say, the 60s, when my mom was actually conceived all, to, all the way to now and how parts of that line generationally even lost part elements of like almost all of the traditional wisdom that they had been carrying. But now we have the chance and it might be practically the last chance for a long time to reclaim that ancestral wisdom in terms of the plant medicines that you talk about using and many guests talk about using. And you're not the first person who's come on the show and said they had life-threatening food allergies that they conquered through a change in consciousness. So I believe it. And I've also heard of allergy, food allergies going away from a change in diet. But me personally, I'm an example of that. <laughs> so this has been a really righteous conversation so far, Madeline. Amazing. The first hour has just flown by. I guess I should leave it to you to close out our first hour. No rush or anything. But please do. And then sometime on along, along the line, give people another plug to where to find you online and how to get in touch and what you might be able to do with them. Yeah, beautiful. It's, man, time is just time. What does that really mean? <laughs> but um, okay, so the, the one thing that I definitely want to leave um, in this first half is understanding that mirror within our relationships and being willing to be in a space of actual healing ourselves and not running away from what is wanting to emerge. And when we can feel that energy rising up in our bodies, when we're triggered by our partner or our parents or our family or our boss or who, it doesn't matter who it is, understanding that we are the microcosm of the macrocosm. And so when we choose to step into those conscious relationship roles, like let's say a partnership, we are choosing to take on planetary healing and we can use our relationships as a tool for conscious evolution of the planet. Because when we release these codes out of our DNA, when we transmute these, these patterns within our own microcosm, the macrocosm gets affected. Not only are we releasing those codes within the collective for healing and transmutation, but we're releasing it within the earth. We're, we're, we're literally helping heal the earth when we, we just become brave enough to actually integrate our shadows and being in relationships with people is one of the quickest ways to evolve ourselves and to help evolve the planet. Truth. That's the truth. <laughs> Where can people find you, Madeline? I am on Facebook and Instagram, Madeline Elizabeth Love. My business is called Beyond Duality. I also have a page on Facebook. Uh, my website is MadelineElizabeth.com and MadelineElizabethLove at gmail.com. And are there any events that people might catch you at coming up? Or is there any possibility people are going to hear live Madeline music anywhere coming up? Yeah, totally. I actually, 
I know this probably isn't going to get out in time. But I have a I, I have a ceremony I'm doing for uh, Oklahoma City tomorrow night on the 13th, right before Valentine's Day. This upcoming weekend, February 16th, I have a couples massage, cacao ceremony, tantra workshop. I'm holding that's going to be in Fayetteville, Arkansas, about a week from Sunday. I think it's the 24th. I'll be hosting a ceremony in Denver, Colorado. And that's kind of what, I, what I'm seeing right now. As far as the music goes, I would love to share a song on here at some point. One of my love songs I've been working on with the cacao. So that is what I have to share. Beautiful. I won't keep that to just the plus subscribers. I'll make sure and share that beautiful song with everybody that checks out the episode because that was one of my favorite things about last time we talked. However, I've got to say, this was even more fun than last time. It feels like we really focused on some and honed in on some awesome targets here. And I loved it so much. So thank you for being with us on the show. It's going to be cool to know you and have you back again and again over the course of time as we go through this big upgrade that the earth is having (laughs) because there's going to be more to talk about i'm sure in the future and yeah great to have friends like you that are so dialed into spirit that i don't even have to worry i got a phone call away a legitimate psychic healer (laughs) and i know a lot of you so it's uh i'm glad i'm doing this podcasting gig i'll just say that Yes, super grateful. Many blessings to everyone on your journeys. And I would love to connect with you. All right, guys, go find Madeline online. And plus members, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Thanks for being with us, guys. Booyakasha. We have completed another consciousness expanding conversation. Really, really glad that we got to explore some of this stuff, especially the cacao talk, because I think that'd be a really easy tool to just implement into my own life and maybe get some people interested in trying out as a plant medicine that are more conservative when it comes to things they would take. I mean, you're just saying, hey, this is chocolate. It's just the raw form. And you like chocolate, right? (laughs) And it's good for you. Let's see what happens. Thank you, Madeline, for all this information about opening up our heart space, because what that really means is improving our facility to care for ourselves and the world by becoming more aware and sensitive to what it is that we feel, both internally and reflected in the outer environment. And the cool thing about opening up our sensitivity is that's where healing comes from, but it's also where our psychic powers come from whatever form they take for us individually. But really, being psychic is just having awareness. It's really simple. You just got to figure out what part of your awareness is trying to give you the information that other people aren't noticing that will help move and progress the energy of where you're at forward. And that's basically magic. I mean, you're using your awareness and then your conscious will and making a decision. and All these things are very powerful tools in the creator's toolkit. As I was trying to explain to a friend just the other night, a friend who was telling me, I can't draw or I I suck at art, because you hear that all the time. 
And I just wanted to say, so I did, man, all it is is about making the choice. Whenever you sit down at the blank piece of paper, just do stuff. (laughs) Just do things. How you do it is the right way to do it when it comes to creativity. And when it comes to your own journey towards wholeness and completeness, that is true as well. I mean, yeah, there's such a thing as moral right and wrong, but I think we've, you know, I think we're beyond that. I'm not saying just do whatever that you want, no matter the consequences. I'm saying, well, I am saying that, (laughs) but do it from a heart place where you can be aware whenever something that you're doing that you think you want is maybe out of balance with everything else, (laughs) everything else being the outer reflection of what your insides actually are. Anyway, I think we've really hit this episode home with some beautiful observations. Although I will say some of my favorite parts of this episode were in the plus extension. And I'd really like you guys to be checking this out. So I'm going to explain how to get plus in a more detailed way, how easy it really is. So that maybe if you're on the fence or you're just hearing this for the first time, but you'd really like to get double the podcast content that I put out there, then here's what you do. Go to patreon.com forward slash interverse or just search for interverse from the Patreon website. Or you can go to interversepodcast.com and find the link to plus at the very top. Or in the notes to this episode and every other, you can find a link to patreon.com forward slash interverse. From there, find the Become a Patron button and sign up for the $5 tier. You will get access to every episode that I have put out for Plus so far. And there are other perks as well for being a Patreon member that are kind of neat, like the archive of my oldest episodes that I've taken offline because I guess I'm self-conscious about them. I don't know, but maybe you'd like them. I was just kind of a noob, you know, we all start somewhere. As Jake the dog from Adventure Time says, sucking at something is the first step towards becoming kind of good at something. And so if you want to hear me becoming a podcaster, that's part of Plus. You get the old archive of season one from back in like 2015, 2016, when I first started this thing. Pretty cool. It was good content. I just, like I said, I'm self-conscious about the production quality or whatever. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't enjoy it. And that's not even the real benefit of becoming a Plus member. You'll get access to new episodes earlier than everybody else. And like I said before, they're twice as long. And there's an archive of like 50 of these two-hour episodes. All the deep stuff happens in Plus. Because we've already been talking for an hour, so we're warmed up. It only makes sense. Once you become a patron or become a subscriber, it's called becoming a patron because this is through Patreon, you should be able to find the RSS feed link. It will come to you in a message after you sign up, and it will just be showing at the top of the page if you're looking at it after you've subscribed. With that link, you are able to copy it and paste it into whatever podcast playing device you use, whether it's like an Android or an iPhone or a tablet, whatever you're using, copy that as a new station into your podcast player of choice. If you want more details about this, just Google about adding a custom RSS feed to whatever podcast player you use, if it's Stitcher or 
pod addict, any of these, they'll all work. And then you'll see Interverse Plus as a second feed alongside Interverse that has the extended episodes. And they'll be there always, and you'll get the update when they come out. Or you can look through Patreon itself, look through the post there to find old episodes. That takes a little longer. It's not exactly the easiest way to check out the Plus episodes, so I recommend copying it into an RSS player that you're using. Now, in the future, there will be a time where we get the ability to sign up to Plus directly through the website, and so your options of how to do Plus might change at that point. For now, though, I am limited to using Patreon because it is tricky to (laughs) build out a brand new website with some features that I'm not that familiar with putting into a website to begin with, namely the membership subscription type system that I would need, like a database. So, hey, if anyone out there is good at that type of thing, wants to help me out, I'd love to work with you. So just let me know on that. You'd be doing me a great service just to even like put me in the right direction on how to do it myself. Or if you wanted to help me build it, that would be beyond amazing. I do think that someday I will start getting some help from the tribe. I don't want to call you the audience. You know, you're not like fans. You're the tribe. You know what I'm saying? But while we're on the subject of Plus, I got to tell you what we talked about this time. Madeline actually read my numerology and explained her system for figuring it, which is pretty interesting, and the meaning behind my personal life path number, which is seven. And she explains how to calculate your personal numerology for the current year. We talk about our plan to attain personal sovereignty by 2020, a breakdown of my galactic signature soul blueprint reading via the law of time system which turns out to be white magnetic mirror. This is a pretty interesting type of numerology, like galactic numerology. Connected to Mayan cosmology, I think. And you can check out your own at lawoftime.org. The Mayan 13 by 20 calendar system based on the moon cycles was something we talked about. Madeline explained my primary soul energy as she intuited through the Akashic Record. We talk about learning not to be paralyzed by perfectionism. Madeline talks about her musical project, Beyond Duality, and she talks about infusing songs with the power of cacao. And it's revealed which star system my higher self soul comes from, including an anomaly about my soul's origin, according to Madeline's divination. So pretty interesting stuff for me, (laughs) probably for you too, because some of this folklore, especially revolving around different star systems in this galaxy that might have civilizations that are interacting with Earth. I don't know a whole lot about that. And it's something a lot of people talk about. doesn't necessarily mean a lot of people are correct about what they're talking about. But I do trust certain people, and Madeline's one of those people. So if she's getting that information, I look at it like tarot or something. Perhaps it's all symbolic. Perhaps it's actually something real that I literally came from a different star system, and maybe you did too. But either way, if you look at what the meaning behind that part of the galaxy is and compare it to what your own life's meaning is, you might realize something about yourself just because of the fact that you're reflecting about yourself. And that's just how divination works. It's just a way to get you looking inward and trying to see the connection. And hey, I don't know if it really is my plan to come back and do this life again. I mean, talking about reincarnation. Seems like that would be like repeating the second grade. And maybe I will just jet off to some other planet afterwards. 
But either way, even if I am coming back, even if I'm not coming back, shouldn't we leave the planet better than the way we found it? I certainly think so. And I also think that our parents, you know, divine mother and father, the cosmos itself, if they're like our real parents in the fractal universe, <laughs> as above, so below sense, then they probably don't want us going out until we clean our room. <laughs> and by that, I mean the planet. Like, yes, you're just going to need to stay home on Earth until you get all this toxic nuclear radiation craziness all cleaned up. All right, you guys figure that out. You're smart. You can do it. We'll, we'll help. Because the parents always help, at least in my experience. I mean, some people's parents don't, but we're talking about like loving, optimal parents here. They always were willing to help if you get really into like a hoarder nightmare in your bedroom and you need a hand to clean all that up. As long as you do the work, they'll come in and assist you. That's what good parents do. They won't do it all for you, but they'll give you that little push. So the plus extension was really awesome. And I'm really grateful to Madeline for being there with me and giving me so much information about her music, about these types of numerology. I really loved hearing about her music and hearing her music. Every time I've seen her play, it's been extremely transcendental, I would say. Creates a very powerful, positive emotion in the body <laughs> to hear somebody tapping into a source in a flow state, singing. <laughs> it's great. And playing ukulele like she does. Also had a cool synchronicity where she brought up next week's guest, Sarah Josephine, who is a live artist, painter, a talented tattoo artist, and more. And I don't think Madeline realized that I actually knew Sarah. And it, interestingly, we both share divine order as our primary soul energy, according to Madeline's Akashic Record divination. So maybe we'll have a really organized show next week with Sarah. <laughs> Back to the music thing. I really see sound as the medicine of the future. Think about how much you can gain from podcasts or audiobooks or how the right kind of music can help you focus or lift you up. And there's also frequency therapy with certain tones. And also sound is weaponized. The opposite is true. The opposite is totally true. Sound can be harmful in the way that it's used. I mean, all you got to do is go somewhere where they play top 40 music and it's like you want to stab your ears out. <laughs> All those songs about, I'm going to get wasted. I hate my relationship. I'm so sad because you broke up with me. Or, I don't really like you, but I do want to have sex with you. Those are the four main messages I hear from mainstream music. So I really like to find new and interesting music that is non-mainstream. If you're a musician, I'd love it if you made a submission to the show because I would play it on the podcast. You can email anything to me at chance at interversepodcast.com or just hit me up through social media. Also, SoundCloud. Of course, if you make music, you're probably on SoundCloud, but so is the show. If you didn't know, you can subscribe on SoundCloud. That's a pretty good way to get the podcast too. So send me a message, any of those places, if you've got some music or if you've just got something you want to say to me. Also, I got to remind you guys of the Money Bomb, the February Money Bomb. Find that on interversepodcast.com slash moneybomb. What's going on here is anybody that donates to this in the month of February will be entered to win raffle style. Half of the total donations raised and the other half goes to the podcasts to, well, 
first I need to get a new mixer. <laughs> you might have noticed my sound quality isn't the most perfect and I need some new equipment. So help that happen through the Money Bomb. And you can also help another fellow artist listener to the show get a cash infusion for their soul journey path mission. <laughs> because we all know that things don't move without cash in this dimension. Another thing that's coming soon is I'll be setting up a Discord server for Interverse where I should just leave myself hanging out in it and you can drop by, leave me a message, or maybe even find me there in person to talk to me. This is going to be a upcoming perk to the Plus membership, so won't be for everybody, but watch out for that. And sign up for Plus if you want to get the double show and all that and more. <laughs> So that's all I got for you guys for now. Check out Drum Spider with a Y, not an I. Drum Spider, that's the music that I played in between segments here. Really love Drum Spider. I played him recently on the show, but he just put out a new EP, and I had to grab one of those and show you guys. But again, I'll tell you one more time. Send in your music, and I'd love to play it. What would be even more outstanding is if somebody made like an Interverse-inspired song. That would be awesome because as much as i love guitar i just don't have time in this particular part of my life to actually figure out how to record and create and produce my own music so i'm looking to you guys for that one i just like to doodle one more time huge thanks to madeline elizabeth go check out her website madelineelizabeth.com or madeline elizabeth love on instagram and facebook and i'm going to give you guys a little teaser of the plus extension by playing you the part of the extension where Madeline sings us a song. And that'll be how we close this one out. Thanks for being with me. I love you, and I hope you love you, and maybe even love me, but it's okay if you don't, because I love me, and we're all good. <laughs> See you guys soon.
past haunts my mind in the future undefined healings inside there I find you when I feel broken and bleeding lost in the feeling abandoned and bruised lost and confused I find you I find you Listen out for that jam. <laughs> you got a wonderful voice and an amazing message and so many awesome ways to share it. I feel constantly grateful when I'm in your presence, even from a distance like we are on the internet right now, talking on computers. But wow, thank you for that. And keep doing that. <laughs> keep making music. That's a big thing. I mean, that's that's what life is, right? yes we are made of tones and frequencies and colors it's so beautiful that how music can just really access things within us you know that are really nothing else can you know and i love the quote that edgar casey says that sound will be the medicine of the future and that's something that I'm really passionate about when I bring through these cacao ceremonies. I've got these amazing crystal bowls and drums and rattles and chimes and how powerful um, it is to work with cacao to open up those heart space, bring all this density forth that's ready to be transmuted and then utilize sound as a way to, to, to shift 